Attention radio listeners. Ooh, Thomas, get out of town. Wow. Let me have your attention for a moment. Goodness, is that a message? Oh, mommy, please, get me out of this game. You aren't paying any attention. Interesting move here, Bill. Jays came into the basketball game. Jim Beheim has inserted Jays into the game. Big guy inside. Maybe to help eliminate that second or third shot. Your attention, please. This is Centers of Attention with Aton Thomas and Danny Shays. And good morning on Center of Attention. I am Danny Shays with Tom Thomas. It is a beautiful Tuesday. We've got a great show for you today. We have Syracuse assistant coach Alan Griffin at 11.15. We've got former Syracuse star Keith Bullock coming on at the bottom of the hour uh, to talk SU sports. And uh, we're going to start out with our quick hitters today. And uh, Tom, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing pretty good. There's a lot going on in the sports There's world. There's a lot so going on. We, a whole lot, so we can jump right into it. <laughs> exactly. Since it's game day, we'll do more college basketball today. Uh, but uh, we'll start with our boy Carmelo Anthony. We were, you know, we first it was, is he going to get back in the league? Then he got back in the league. Then it's like, will he be able to contribute? And now, only a week into his return, he's the NBA Player of the Week. Uh, the team went three and zero after uh, starting off slow, and uh, Carmelo is back, back on on top of his game. I mean, and he's playing well, and it's just so funny. I want to go back to all the naysayers and say, okay, so what do you have to say now? You said he wasn't good enough to play in the NBA. You said he, he's, his skills has diminished. It's time for him to retire. A whole lot of different people. And now, you know, I'd like to see what their thoughts are, are, are now because he's playing great. Portland is raving about him, and, and he's contributing to the team in a positive way, which is all he wanted to do in the first place. Exactly. Week number two, he's averaging 22 points a game in about 30 minutes uh, and efficient. He's 50% from the field, over 37 from three and and playing a complete game, rebounding, passing. So uh, and working on the defense. So good for him. We are, uh, you know, as, as we've been looking for him as getting back into it. It's uh, it's great to see him have that success so early, too. Definitely. But my thing, I'm happy to see him have the success in spite of all the naysayers. I'm going to keep on saying the naysayers because they were just dogging him like like it was like he was the worst person on earth. So I'm I'm, I'm happy to see him having this success. Exactly. And, you know, it also kind of bodes a little bit for Cap, right? I mean, because now he can say, look, hey, Carmelo was out for a year plus and he came back and lit it up. I don't know why you're. You know, looking at me like I could come back and light it up. So, so we'll right. see if anything comes there. We're not going to unpack Kaepernick today. We'll save that for a different time. But I'm just saying that you know, guy. It doesn't mean this guy's skills go away. He's still I agree. still young. I agree. I agree completely. All right, and and moving on, we we also talked about this a little bit yesterday. Uh, Jawan Howard, the former Fab Five player, back coaching at Michigan. Uh, the program had been down for a while. They started the year uh, unranked. Interestingly enough, and just a few weeks in, they went down to the Bahamas. They lit it up, beat top teams, and they went from unranked to number four, the <laughs> highest jump ever in the polls. That's a huge jump. I mean, and like we said yesterday, I'm, I couldn't be happier for him. He's a great guy. But that is a huge jump. I mean, but they beat Gonzaga. They beat North Carolina both on neutral courts. Um, and they, they've shown that they can play. But I'm, I'm happy for him. So he's a, he's a great person. Anybody that's known him or played with him or even come across him are all rooting for him. So it's great for Michigan basketball. Exactly. But, but nowhere to number four. That's, that's pretty impressive. Uh, yeah. You know, people have been saying, well, why weren't they ranked? anyway uh you know sometimes you got to slap people in the head and say hey here we are don't for, don't forget about us that's true 
That is and, true. Uh, you know, well, we've had three three number ones have already lost. You got Louisville now back on top uh, right. as the number one team. You got uh, four ACC teams in the top ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so it uh, uh, you know as Syracuse you know starts working its way towards ACC play, it shows you how tough that conference is going to be and how much they're going to have to, uh, you know, really get their, their team, you know, pulled together by the time the ACC starts. We'll talk about that with Alan Griffin here uh, right after our first break at about uh, 11.15. Uh, and then uh, another huge college story, Georgetown, a, a school known for its discipline, known for its, uh, you know, toughness, uh, had a huge, uh, can we say scandal? Is it to fall into the scandal category? They've had a you know a few players kicked off uh, their roster. One kind of transferred under you know with no explanation, and uh, and you know big players for their program. I mean that's a it, this is a huge blow for them at this point of the year. It definitely is, and you know you know Georgetown is a way to put up with you know a no nonsense type of a you know put up. So they they got ahead of this kind of quick and and already dismissed them from the team uh, before all of the facts came out. But I'm sure they were seeing all of the facts anyway before they came out to the public. Yeah, but it's not a, it's not it doesn't look good. Um, you know you have a, a student with accusations. Of, you have sexual assault. You have threatening text messages. You have a lot of different breaking stuff. Breaking and entering theft. Yeah, I mean. It, yeah. Uh, it was it was wild, and and uh, so three of those players, you know, got kicked off, and their starting point guard just, you know, no explanation, uh, left the program. So it's uh, right. uh, you know huge huge uh, a turnover for them, and they've been you know trying to can kind of get back to that Georgetown uh, mystique, you know, with uh, Patrick Ewing back at the helm. They uh, you know they had just come off a, a bad loss to Penn State. I think you know that sounds a little familiar, and <laughs> and, uh, uh, and you know when when the spam hit the fan, as it were. So uh, you know it's uh, you know it's interesting. We'll, we'll kind of keep an eye as we get more uh, more information on what's going to happen over there. Oh, there he is. I don't know where. Perfect. Um, and then we. As you know, we've been following, you know, we've been AB fans, uh, Antonio Brown fans from the beginning. Uh, I think we've, uh, you know, this could be a great reality TV show. Uh, he's back out, uh, you know, t- <laughs> uh, re- retweeting negative stories about his former owner, Robert Kraft of the Patriots. Uh, you know, never very far from our minds. Oh, Lord. Okay, so this is my question. What did he think would happen from this like what benefit did he think that he would have this is this is you know what i mean this is the boss and there was rumors that said that they were actually even considering bringing him back the only thing i could think of is for him maybe thinking that you know showing the world that the fans want him back or the fans have some negative things to say about robert Kraft, but that doesn't help you i, I don't know i don't know I, I don't understand his thinking i i said before that i wish somebody would just take away his social media and i, I still stand by that Exactly, because they, as you're right, they've been reporting that they were considering and bringing him back, and this definitely puts the kibosh on that. Um, uh, you know, and, and, and you're 100% right. Sometimes, uh, you know, he's just shooting himself in the foot, uh, you know, kind of week after week, and, and probably the one he froze in the, uh, uh, in the cryogenic chamber. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's just. Uh, that it was, was a good one. That was a good bad, one. Right? A little tie, little <laughs> that, was, that was good. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's a case where, you know, it, it's almost like if, if, he, if they're not talking about him, he's got to stick his nose into something. And. Uh, but boy, it's, he just doesn't have the knack. You know, some people got the knack for for doing the right thing at the right time. He does not have the knack for that. 
I mean, I just want to know who's advising him. I, I, I kind of, I'm starting to fault his agents and the people around him as well because they should be telling him, no, this is not. The, they should have taken away his social media a long time ago, a long time ago in the summer, and said, no, no more social media for you. You know what I mean? But like, what are you paying these guys for if they're not going to advise you in the right way to conduct yourself to get back on the field? I just, the whole thing, it's it it's it's very you know. It's just this is just an example of what not to do. What That's not to do for all players. Yeah. Exactly. That's a head scratcher. Uh, and, and speaking of head scratcher stories, uh, this is another another football story we're talking about. Uh Terrell Pryor is uh you know, wide receiver, star player. He ends up uh his girlfriend stayed out too late and he wasn't very excited about that. They get into a fight, he gets stabbed of all things, and uh uh I, I, another one is, that's just turning into one of those, you know, uh, you know, reality story kind of reality show kind of stories. It's like, you know, you couldn't write this stuff, right? I mean, it's just too too kooky. I mean, I I always hesitate when I see that the story is reported by TMZ. That I always hesitate at first because they're they're the reporters and they have been known to get their facts kind of mixed up. But what we know so far, yes, she was out with with friends. It says, you know, the police report said there was mutual combatants. I don't know what that means, but there was mutual combatants, and they when, he sounded like he. They came back, and he was upset at how late they stayed out and everything like that. They got into an argument, yeah, was... and then she ended up stabbing him. And and the kicker was her, her mugshot was of her with this little smirk, like a TV movie. And I, I, the whole thing, I'm looking at people's responses on social media and all of the women cheering. And I'm like, wait a minute. Would you be cheering if the roles were reversed and he stayed out late and then he came back and his and his girlfriend or wife or whatever was upset and they got into an argument and he ended up stabbing her and was smiling in the mugshot? Would you be cheering then? I just, you know, it, that just sometimes that double standard bothers me. I got to be honest with you. And I, and I have nothing to do with the story. I, I hear you. I understand. We're still getting all the facts. But that double standard does bother me. And I, and I will just have to just leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> well, what made the story... You know, a story outside, you know, like they have, they have the legs as the smirk in the in the uh, in the lineup photo, right? I mean, that's the one. Just everyone's now reading into it. what was she thinking? Well, I guess she's saying, "Oh yeah, well you can't you know yell at me," and you know they're all filling in the blanks on <laughs> that's what true. you know what she's really thinking. Right. And uh, uh, you know, it says that you know in the story. Again, we'll get more details, but it says in the story, you know, he was the aggressor. Uh, so was she defending herself? Uh, you know, again, we don't know that much about it yet, but the, uh, uh, but the, you know, the smirk is the key. That's, uh, <laughs> that, you know, that's the beauty. And one yeah. more quick one before we take a break, because we've got Alan Griffin coming up. I don't know if you saw the Denver Broncos game the other night, but their kicker, Brandon McManus, you know, one of the top kickers in the league, mm-hmm. had an opportunity for an NFL record 65-yard field goal attempt with one second to go in the first half. Uh, There's no other play you're going to make. And so the coach pulled it, pulled the kicking team off the field, sent the offense out. They then got a delay a game, an ineffective play, and the half ended. And he seemed coming off, you know, storming, throwing his helmet, uh, you know, because he had a shot (laughs) at an NFL record uh, kick. And he's got, he's one of those big leg kickers. And, uh, 
Uh, so now he's you know, he's all mad at the coach because they pulled him for you know a legitimate shot at a, at a number one points, uh, but at an NFL record. And instead, he you know the coach fumbled the play, as it were, uh, didn't right. get anything out of it. And uh, I, I totally am with him on this. I mean, they you know how do they not let him you know take that shot at it? Everyone wants to see you know see him kick a sixty five yarder. I mean, I have to agree with him on that as well. I mean, as a coach, come on now. He's about to break a record. <laughs> Let my man go there and break his record. I'm, I'm completely with him on that one. Uh, you know, they plus, did the coach this know. Isn't the case where they leave a guy in to get four more points so he can get a fake record because you're up 60, right? I mean, this is right, the middle right, of the right. game. It's the mm-hmm. only play you could have made. I, I mean, mm-hmm. I, that's a complete brain lock. I don't know why the coach would. And then he gave some lame excuse. Well, you know, I've seen kickers overkick and, you know, throws their form off for the rest of the year so i didn't want to risk it we're like is that what he said that's what that was oh, his excuse come on coach and that's the lamest excuse come on, coach. So. anyway uh. on that note we're going to take our first break here on centers of attention with a tom thomas i am danny shays we'll be right back after this with syracuse assistant basketball coach alan griffin talking su hoops big game tonight at home uh, so stay tuned we'll be right back This is Centers of Attention with Aton Thomas and Danny Shays. And welcome back to Centers of Attention. I am Danny Shays with Aton Thomas. And we have our favorite guest of the week here, Alan Griffin, assistant coach for the Syracuse Orange. And uh, uh, Griff, uh, you know, we all know what it's like to go through a tough week. And uh, probably the toughest week you guys have been through in a while. And, uh, you know, the biggest question we have starting out, you know, this is either a wake-up call, uh, you know, or a, a toughen up. And, uh, you know, as, as you know, Fran Franchilla was not very positive. He, you know, said some very humbling things about this year's team. You know, how's the team responding to those uh, that trip to New York? You know what? I, I don't even think our guys even paid attention to Franny, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. But, um you know, the one thing is, is that, you know, we've had a long conversation with them uh, as a staff and, uh, you know, we had a couple of good days of practice and hopefully uh, we'll see a different uh, outcome uh, tonight. What, what are you thinking about, Griff? Um, are the adjustments that need to be made? Um, what specific adjustments did you make? Was it was it effort? Was it ball movement? Was it defense? What was the points of emphasis during practice? I think you know the, the two things that you take out you take away from New York when you know coming back here. Um, one is you know we have to get back in transition and make teams play in front of a set defense. Uh, when when both teams played against our two three zone in the half court, they had hard times of scoring. Um, uh, and we got to make sure that we sprint back and you know we get our defensive set. And and I think too you know rebounding having a rebounding mentality. Uh, uh, we we just kind of let it get away from us, and you know obviously those are kind of some points of emphasis for us uh, moving forward. Uh, shot making is going to come. We got really good shooters. Uh, we had some really good open looks uh, down in New York. We just didn't make them, you know. And and sometimes that's just you know when you got team, when you have teams that shoot the way we can shoot, uh, you're gonna have days like that. And you know it just so happened that it was two consecutive games back to back. So hopefully coming back home and kind of getting settled back in here, uh, it, it'll help us uh, kind of relax a little bit and, and, and uh, make those shots. Well, and Griff, you know, being that you are on a, on a show with two centers, uh, you know, we certainly <laughs> focus on, on that inside play. And, 
you know, and, and on the boards, I mean, really, it's uh, you know, there's really no other way to say it. I mean, you guys are just really just pushed around inside. Uh, are you focusing on getting bodies earlier? Uh, you know, trying to you know extend that rebounding zone out. Uh, you know, what specifically are you talking to your bigs about? You know, it's a combination of everything. I, I, I think it was, you know, it, it was some long rebounds that kind of bounced away from us, which, you know, the guards would cover up. And then, you know, some inside stuff where, you know, again, we, we got to get a little bit more physical, too. Uh, and we got to, you know, start pushing people around instead of getting pushed around uh, for the most part. Uh, so uh, it, it, it just it was just one of those things where it was just like, the you know, you're into the perfect storm and, and it just – kind of snowballed uh the the two games down in new york but you know we we uh i keep saying it but we have some really good practices and and some stuff happened good at practice so we just got to make sure we you know you know translate it to the game and when you have a young team the way we do we just um we just got to kind of stay focused and, and know that we're doing some really good things we just gotta you know do some other stuff better Looking, looking forward to tonight against Iowa. What are going to be the points of emphasis um, on, fi- on on beating Iowa? I don't know too much about the team. I know that we are favored um, to win by uh, how many points was it? I mean, it was, we, 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 was, we were favored to win, but what are the points of emphasis on how that we can attack them? I, I think one, Etan, uh, uh, is you know first and foremost is we got to get back. These guys are. You know, they're slow but fast. It's one of those things deceptively. They're very, very fast on offense. They advance the ball. They pass the ball very well. And they have, you know, they put multiple shooters on the court at all times. So that that's the first one. we got to get our defense set, and we got to get to the shooters early. Uh, and you guys will like the big fella inside, knowing that both you guys are centers. Big Garza is a, is a force inside there, uh, really skilled around the basket, and they go to him every time. And, and, and the thing about him is, is that he gets a lot of points probably about six to eight points early in, in the shot clock because of the way they push the ball up and they go right inside. So uh, we we got to establish a transition defense. If we can establish that uh, offensively, uh, we'll get some good looks uh, getting the ball out and, and, and pushing it at them and, and you know, running our stuff. We'll, we'll get some good looks, and we just got to knock down some shots. Uh, and speaking of that, Alan, we've got, uh, uh, you know, foul, the foul trouble bug kind of came up in bitch again. Uh, you know, again, playing against physical teams, you know, that has been a problem. You know, you've, if you get uh, you know, Barama getting a couple early, it puts so much pressure on Marek Dolajai to, to take that up. Uh, you know, uh, Quincy is kind of your only really physical body. It, it, has that come up as far as, you know, t- talking about specific, maybe some techniques where guys can stay out of foul trouble or not, at least not commit the dumb ones? You know, I... I Again, like, you know, I, I learned this a long time ago. The, the more aggressive and the more physical team, they get the less calls fouled on them. So I think we just got to go in there and just, you know, one, play aggressive. And uh, and, and I think that'll take care of itself. I, I just think, like, sometimes, you know, you, you kind of you go down early the way we did and you start to get timid and you start to worry about certain things that you have no control over and, and, and sometimes – that you know that kind of gets you worried about other things, and you you kind of uh, get out of position and, and create you know fouls that you normally don't you know you normally don't do. Uh, so uh, you know with, with Barama, uh, he missed those first couple of layups, and you could totally tell that he was thinking about the offense. And when he get back on defense, they coming at you, and they got inside guys in there, and, and you know you get caught off guard, and next thing you know you pick up a foul that you shouldn't have. So. 
Um, we just got to kind of concentrate and do the things that we do well, uh, and we just got to do them better, and you know, and, and 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 let everything else come, you know, come to its own. Well, we're definitely going to be rooting for you. You'll be watching tonight. You know, I saw um, on the, in the conf- in the uh, post-game conference, Coach Beheim said it was going to take a little bit longer than he had expected. Um, do, do, what are your thoughts about the maturation of this team, and what can we expect? I know Coach Beheim said it's going to take a little longer, but what, what should the, the, the fans and the people who are still rooting for you kind of expect to happen as the season goes on? That there's no quit in this team at times. I, you know, the, the greatest thing about it is, is that they come to practice and they come and they try to do exactly what we ask them to do every day. And sometimes, you know, with them, with, with our team being as young as it is and, and so many new faces and so many roles has changed, it's just taken, again, you know, a, a little bit longer than as expected. You know, you we would have thought that, you know, because we took the Italy trip, like a lot of these things wouldn't come up right now uh, will be a little bit further along but obviously it, it didn't and sometimes that's just the uh, the, the you know the situation you get when you're dealing with a young team um, but you know it, there's a lot still there's a lot of good things coming in and, and like if we hit some of the open shots that we had down in New York, this would be a different conversation. I can't, we, we had some really good looks. We executed against some really two really good defensive teams, probably two top 25 defensive teams in the country. Um, we, we, you know, we will be having a different conversation here. So, again, we're get we doing some good things, and we just got to kind of do them better and, and, and just focus on, you know, doing the things that we do in practice every day. All right, Sounds and Griff, we'll, we'll, I'll wrap up since we, since we're the all big guy lineup and and you guys are the all point guard coaching staff. Uh, <laughs> we'll get you back into your sweet spot. Uh, so tell us your thoughts on Joe Girard and uh, kind of what's happening there at the point guard spot. You know, obviously he did have some good looks. He you know he didn't make uh, didn't shoot the ball well, and uh, you know just want to get your thoughts on where you you know where you think his development is and uh, what you saw from the backups, both Bryson and uh, Howard Washington. You know, I, I thought uh, Joe, for the amount of pressure that he got put on uh, those two games down in New York, uh, he held his own. Uh, he did a really good job in terms of getting assists. Uh, you know, he didn't make shots. But, you know, again, that's what a, you know, a rookie uh, point guard it, it, playing big-time basketball, it, it happens. And, and those two teams, they wore him out. Uh, and and uh, they they really pressured him. And Eitan, you 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 know about this. But remember Jason Hart's first year. Uh, uh-huh. He was he was all over the place, man. And you know, and, and, and because you know, it, it's just a lot to 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 take in. Um, but uh, Joe kind of held his own, and you know, he 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 did some really good things, and uh, he, he's kind of trending up. You know, he just if we can kind of get him to, you know. Um, just making a couple more shots, he'll he'll be fine, and he and he will make a couple more shots. Uh, Howard Washington has been practicing really well, and he'll he'll get there, and I think he'll get some opportunities coming up here. Um, and, um, and and Bryson is just you know again a work in progress, but obviously the talent is there. He just gotta just go out there and calm down a little bit and and, and run the team and uh, and let and, and let everybody let everybody else do their job, and we'll be fine. 
Yeah, well, there's no Ooh. doubt that point guard is the toughest position for a f- untested freshman to come in and jump into because not only does he have the ball all the time, but he's making so many decisions on so many levels that, uh, you know, so like I said, we've been following him closely, looking forward to uh, uh, to some great stuff by him. Uh, Griff, uh, was, as always, uh, great having you again, and uh, man, you're our favorite guest of the week. Are you sure you're saying that? Because I know you guys got Keith Bullock up behind me, so I just need to know. <laughs> <laughs> I need to know the truth, and you don't have you to don't, tell me the truth on the. You don't have to tell me the truth on the air. Just tell me when I hang up. Just text me and be like, "Okay." <laughs> well, you're our favorite because you're coming on again next week, so that's why we. Uh, uh, <laughs> I know I was E. John's favorite because I'm you my guy. Yeah. I'm passing the ball all the time. Hey, you exactly. know you was my guy. Yeah. So, so you know that already. Uh, Alan Griffin, SU assistant coach. Thanks, Griff, for coming on. Brought to you by Davidson Ford in Clay. And we are going to be right back after this uh, with Keith Bullock to talk some more SU hoops. So don't go away. This is Centers of Attention with Aton Thomas and Danny Shays. And welcome back to Centers of Attention. Today brought to you by Mattress Express, home of the number bed by Instant Comfort. Uh, Instant Comfort, And we have a special guest for you today on the Burdick Toyota guest line. Uh, we have former SU and NFL star Keith Bullock joining us, talking some SU football, and, and, uh, and we'll catch up with what he's been up to. Keith, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, Keith, um, I definitely appreciate you, uh, appreciate you being on the show. Listen, um, the Syracuse football team has just ended and, you know, ha- didn't reach the expectations that many people had. Um, you know, li- likewise, the Syracuse basketball team, we're, we're out here struggling too. I just wanted to get your, your thoughts on it. I'm sure you're still watching. What is your impression of the team, how they did, and, and what they have to, to change uh, for, for everything in the future? Well, yeah, no, nah, definitely after the year they had last year, um, you know, I thought they were going to do some things. And um, even DeVito, the quarterback, knowing that, you know, he, he had some tough big shoes to fill. You know, he's a five-star quarterback. Um, you know, so by them getting off to the start that they got off to and the season that they got off to was disappointing. But um, I have faith in Dino Babers. You know what I mean? I feel that they need to get that old line situated so DeVito has a little more time in the pocket and um, you know I think there'll be a more complete team next year and you gotta remember that Coach Babers has only been there a short time so I think that he's on the verge of building something but at the same time man you know we're in the, we're in the ACC we gotta play Clemson every year and although they do play them tough uh, honestly man it's kind of like in the basketball situation like our recruiting just doesn't match up to the rest of the country, you know, um, back when we were there, we're game recruits. We're competing with, you know, top teams in the country, y'all in the tournament every year. Like, we have some killers, you know what I'm saying? So I just think that the time has, has, has changed a little bit. And um, I think with both sports, once we're able to um, start competing with uh, the top recruits in the country again, I think we'll be right back where we need to be. Yeah, Keith, this is Danny Shays. I'm a few years ahead of you. Uh, I was there at Jim Beheim's okay. second year, actually. So I was there wow. during the Joe Morris, Bill Hurley years. Uh, wow. Back when the Dome was first opened. I, I sat there wow. on opening day when they when they opened the Dome uh, back hey, in 1980. Exactly. Sweat my ass off because it was 90 degrees out and everyone was mad because we had a roof. Uh, <laughs> game two, of course, we had freezing rain so that everybody got a little excited. Worked but. Out. Uh, 
Uh, so anyway, so I want to talk to you not only about SU football, but, but your career. You know, you got drafted in the first round by the Titans and, uh, you know, had some strong years there. And you actually, when you retired, you were the first Tennessee Titan to retire uh, in, in that uniform as part of that franchise. You're a relatively new franchise. That, uh, uh, that's, that's, that's a pretty neat distinction. Yeah, man. Um, you know, I was, it was pretty ironic that the last game I played in at SU was the Music City Bowl, and then I get drafted to the Tennessee Titans, which is in Nashville, where the Music City Bowl is um, held. So, um, yeah, playing here 10 years, we had some, some great years, some great runs, some AFC championship runs. Um, I, my career, ironically, again, fell in between the Titans going to the Super Bowl and I retired the year before after I played with the Giants and they won the Super Bowl. So my 11-year career were on the bookends of two Super Bowl teams that I played with. Um, so, uh, but my experience was great, man. And, you know, to actually finish off in uh, New York, uh, I think that was cool for me. It's almost like a full 360, you know, started playing in Rockland County and I go to Syracuse and then my last team was the Giants. But, I, you know, after 10 years, was def- I was definitely a Tennessee Titan and it meant a lot to me to uh, just go back and, and better, you know, put that part of my, my that chapter of my life um, solidified in Tennessee where you know, I was able to, you know, do some good things on the football field within the community and, you know, for my family. That's, That's great. Awesome, That's great. I, yeah, I remember when I retired, I, I, I didn't. There wasn't any formal announcement. My, my unlisted number just started to work. You know, for, uh, and a lot of players have that. You know, it's like, wait, am I done? Nobody's calling. Uh, maybe I'm retired. Yeah, uh, you know, not, except, sometimes, uh, sometimes you're the last to know. You know, it's like, damn, I called AT and T. Why is my phone not ringing? Uh, turned yeah, out it wasn't the phone. That's how it works. I wasn't ready to be done, but the NFL, I think sports in general, has, has a way of telling players, like, uh, I think you're done. But now nah, I got some more. Nah, I think you're done. You know what I mean? So, you know, it's a general situation. Yeah, I, I went that. I went through that myself. I think that's what always happens. You know what I mean? You want to play longer, and then they have other plans for you. But let me ask you this. We had we had uh, Duke Pettijohn on yesterday, and so we had a debate. We was talking about um, the MVP for the NFL. Um, I'm rolling with Lamar Jackson. He made a strong case for Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson had a great game again uh, last night. He played great, great stats. You know, love how they're playing. Um, who was your pick right now uh, as, as, as the NFL MVP? I mean, it's a great race. Um, look, you, you, you know, after you see Lamar beat the 49ers the way he did and how he's, he's beaten every opponent, he's knocked down every giant this year. You know what I'm saying? So you would think that he's the front runner, but then you see Russell Wilson play last night, and it's like, look, this in that 10 and 2, balling, they're probably, look, I, I don't know which way it's going to go, but like, like you said, I like Lamar Jackson. As uh, as the MVP, he's electrifying. I think he's showing um, how the quarterback position has evolved and, and changed in a sense, especially when you know you have a, a student of the game that will get back there and learn the X's and O's and not just go off ability alone. Um, you know, I guess that was the comparison to Michael Vick. You know, and Vick said it that you know he didn't study the game. You know, he just went out there play and make things happen. So I think that you're seeing a more polished version of of that. Um, but Russell, man, he's done it. He's been there. He's done it. He's a leader. He's um, one of the faces of the NFL. So I think it's really going to come down to whoever slips up in these final weeks. You know what I'm saying? Because um, they're both playing lights out. 
and you know they just gotta they just gotta finish strong. But it's can they have one of those two? Can they have um, can they have co MVPs, or do you think it's gonna have to be one or the other? You know what, man? You know what, man? I've been a part of that, bro. They gave Steve McNair co MVP with Peyton mm-hmm. Manning. Yep. So there could be co MVPs, but I'm not with that, man. It's winning, you winning, and of course because it's my guy who had to take the cut. You know what I mean, like. But I'm sure those two gentlemen will be happy with it. You know, accolades really, really don't mean nothing. You know, as athletes really want to get the wins. Um, you know, accolades come and go. So we love catching up with some of our former guys. You know, it's kind of what are they doing now? What's life like? You know, when I when I look at your career, man, you had a long career and you you barely missed the game. I think you missed what five games in ten years. Uh, you know, that's that's pretty impressive. Number one in the NFL, uh, you know, we all know what it's like to be then a retired player with the, with the aches and pains. And and I got to have you comment on this because I saw it in your bio and I, I got to get your, your input. You're you're curling now. Um, and I, yeah. I, I want to hear about that because they say, you know, it says here you're, you're looking to train for the for the next Olympics in curling with a yeah. bunch of NFL guys. I, I mean, that's all. I mean, I, number one, I love it. I, you know, I, I think that's awesome. I'd like to hear about that a little bit. Um, yeah, for sure. Well, I just want to correct that. I, I played in 135 straight games in Tennessee, um, just to give you that tip. <laughs> no, yeah, that's, all, that's awesome. <laughs> Man. <laughs> no, uh, so so Jared Allen, defensive end for the Kansas City Chiefs, Minnesota Vikings. He moved to Nashville. A lot of former athletes moved to Nashville. Anyway, long story short, two years ago he was looking. He just hit me up and was talking about one thing. He's like, "Oh, he's going to be on my current team," and I was like, "Oh," and he's like, "It's me, him, Mark Bolger." All he had was Mark Bolger, the quarterback from West Virginia and um, St. Louis Rams, Baltimore Ravens, and himself. Um, I was like, cool. I mean, it was a thing till it's not a thing. That was my whole, um, that was my perspective on it. And then we got one more who's Mike Boos, who was our, um, Mike, the offensive tackle for 10 years. So it was us four, man. And we had a coach, we have a coach, John Benton. We're training out in Minnesota. Um, so look, we jumped right in the fire. We went to, we went to several different boxes. I've been to places in Minnesota that I've never, ever definitely thought that I'd be going before. Um, it's been a, a pretty cool experience. You know, we're a year and a half in, and, it, you know, the first year was an experience, and I, we're actually getting better. But for myself personally, um, I, I'm, just, I'm the fifth ultimate. I'm the ultimate now because um, life itself calls, and I have other responsibilities and obligations that doesn't allow me to fulfill the commitment that those men are making because they make a full uh, commitment. And, for myself, I did that with the NFL. You know, I have other ventures as far as, you know, in business and, you know, just with my family time that uh, I can't really commit. But those guys are definitely on the path to um, try to go to Beijing in 2022. And if they make it, I go considering I am the opposite. So, um, <laughs> yeah, man, it's just something, it's something to do. I understand that we have a curling team up at SU now. Um, they actually reached out to me um, last year, uh, so I think um, I'm gonna next time I get up there, I'm gonna try to get the practice. I do actively practice. You know, I get to the practices, um, what I'm able to, and you know, I definitely try and keep sharp. But um, a lot of those uh, tournaments and stuff that we play in on our weekends, and my daughters have soccer, and I'm coaching our basketball <laughs> team, so it's like, look, you know, life calls. 
I hear that. I hear that. <laughs> how do you, how do you like how do you like coaching? Because I got into coaching. I'm coaching my son's AU team. How do you like coaching your daughter's team? And, and what kind of a coach are you? Um, I'm a patient coach because it's. I'm actually an assistant coach because the coach that they have. I realized my daughter she likes basketball. She's been playing the last two years. She's nine, and she hasn't gotten better because it's like yo, you go out there, they go out there to have fun, and I'm all the way with that. But I know that. It's about to start to get to the point. Now it's going into fifth grade next year where it's going to be, like you said, AAU and all those different teams. So i got to help her get her skills together. So I, I like it. I like how um, I can tell the difference between myself and just the dad who is the head coach because I'm like, I'm definitely more serious with practice time and whatnot. He lets them uh, run around and I guess back in the day you call it take grab ass. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> I come to I come to practice with a whistle. If you're not listening, hey, down to the other end of the back. Down to the other end right. of the back. That's all right. I know. So I just gotta get their attention and we go from there. But the girls love it and um yeah, I'm just you know I just want them to have fun at the same time learn. You know, I know I'm not gonna continuously continue to coach because I don't have the you know, basketball IQ that you have, but I can rock with some nine, ten year old girl. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Yep. All right, Keith, well, this is awesome having you on. Uh, we'll definitely, absolutely stay in touch, and uh, thanks so much for your time. Yeah, thanks a lot, fellas. Hey, yo, tell um, Alan, um, I heard at the end of his segment that um, he's definitely the number one guy. Yeah, that's former SG star and NFL All-Pro Keith Bullock. We'll be back after this on Centers of Attention. I'm Danny Shades with the Tom Thomas. Stay right there. This is Centers of Attention with a Tom Thomas and Danny Shays. And welcome back to Centers of Attention with a big finish. I am Danny Shays and Atan Thomas. And uh, uh, Atan, you know, talking NFL, obviously early in the week, we get to enjoy all the uh, NFL games for the weekend. But probably my best weekend moment was the Seattle Seahawks and their end zone celebration. I thought it was great. I mean, they did the whole routine, the whole new edition routine, like if you're familiar with it, if it is in love. And it was so funny because Russell Wilson wanted to come in and celebrate with him, but he he like he wasn't part of the choreography. So he just kind of jumped up and down a little bit and then he, until they finished. But I thought I think it's great. Now, are you somebody who is against the, the post-touchdown celebrations, or are you okay with them? I love the celebrations. I, th- I think that the NFL – really needs to take a page from the NBA playbook and show that their players have personality and connect with the fans and, you know, get you know get everybody juiced up. Baseball the same way. You know, you, Bryce Harper chimed about this for years. You know, the, the players have to be more personable, more out there, you know, you know, get to know who they are. I think those end zone celebrations were great. I couldn't agree more. Now, let me ask you before we go. I want to know, we talked a lot about MVP picks. Uh, we talked about oh, yeah. it with Duke yesterday. So what, who is your – I'm rolling with Lamar Jackson. I'm all the way on board the, the Lamar Jackson uh, bandwagon. But well, who is your – Who is, and I have no problem saying that. But who is, who is your pick for MVP? Actually, I think who's having the best year this year could be Christian McCaffrey. Uh He's, uh, you know, unfortunately his team's having a down year, so he's not going to be considered for much. But he's got, I mean, he's setting NFL records and, uh, you know, as a kind of a multi-position player, he's 
you know, created kind of a new position. Uh, but if the actual race, I'm with you. I think Lamar Jackson is putting on a show, and he's, uh, you know, he's beating all the all the big names. And uh, I'd like to see young guys who come up and they're you know, get opportunities and they make the most of them. And uh, uh, you know, I like Russell Wilson. You know, he's done a great job historically in his career. But uh, but Lamar is generating some serious excitement. Great, great, great. I agree. <laughs> all right, we'll be back tomorrow on Center of Attention. I am Danny Shays and it's on Thomas. Don't don't forget to come back. We'll see you tomorrow.